Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Well, today, the title of my message today is You're Dismissed. We'll find out a little more about that in a moment. <laughs> You're dismissed. What in the world could the guy be talking about? Well, we're going to be going to Luke chapter 1 in a moment, and then later we'll go to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to read a few verses, and we're going to look at, uh, at, at a couple of important characters to this particular Christmas message. And, and uh, before I do that, though, yesterday God spoke something to me, and it carried with me all through yesterday, last night, and it's still with me now. So let me give this as a word to somebody, okay? I don't know who it is, but if it's you, you take it. Let me tell you that God is wanting to say to someone that in case of an emergency, put your mask on first before trying to help someone else with theirs. What in the world? Yeah, you've heard that on airplanes, haven't you? I'm about to go get on one, okay? In case of an emergency, put your mask on first before trying to help someone else with theirs. What does that mean? That means this, that sometimes in difficult moments, in situations that stress us, in situations that test us, sometimes we need to take care of ourselves first. Because if we are not strong, we won't be able to reach out and help someone else. It's so important that we stand on solid ground. And I know the, the, the unction and I know even the Christian thing to do is to help others. But believe me, you will not be a help to them if you can't swim and you decide you're going to get out there in the deep waters or if you're troubled or weak or hurt or broken. The Bible says don't send a message by a man with a broken foot. Why? Because they need help. And whenever you need help, you need help. So let me just leave that where it is, realizing that God also told us that David, in a time of very difficult circumstances, he encouraged himself in the Lord before he encouraged his friends, his family, and before he went out to war, he had to first take care of himself. Take care of yourself. Don't let the devil trick you into going to war weak, okay? If you need some attention, get close to God. It won't take long. Strengthen yourself, okay? Because you can hang too many bags on one nail, okay? And pull that nail out of the wall. That's what happened to a man named Eliakim. You can read about it in the Old Testament. The prophecy was there were too many things hung upon the one nail, Eliakim, you're a nail in a sure place, but you've had too many things hung upon you and the weight has pulled you out of the wall. Eliakim, don't let that happen. Put your mask on first. Okay, let's get to the Word this morning. We're going to take a fresh look this morning at some very familiar passages in the Christmas story. And we're going to look at a couple of characters. First, let me tell you what Christmas means, okay? Christmas is Christ Mass. You knew that, right? 
Christ Mass. Now, for years and years, I thought that meant the day of Christ. And indeed, you can say that, but it means so much more. Of course, Christ is the Greek rendering of what we understand as Messiah. It means Messiah, the promised one, the Son of God, Emmanuel, Christ. By the way, Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's his title, Christ. He is the Messiah, Jesus the Christ, okay? But how about this word mass, mass in Christmas? Well, it's derived from a Latin word, a late Latin word, missa, M-I-S-S-A. And it means dismissal. Hence, you're dismissed. It means to be dismissed. Now, it's used in concluding formulas in the Latin mass to encourage people to go. It is the dismissal. That's what the word is used for, okay? It's used in the conclusion of Latin services and, 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 and uh, you know, missa. You're dismissed. You can go. The strict meaning of this word missa, in which we get mass from, means to be dismissed. But the Christianization of this term contains a direct connection on why we are being dismissed at the end of a church service. At the end of a church service, the conclusion is missa, mass. It's a Latin phrase. But the Christianization tells us why we are being dismissed at the end of a church service. We are being dismissed, according to this word, to be sent on a mission. You come to church, you hear the word of God, and at the end of the church there's a conclusion, and it's mass, it's missa, it's dismissal time, it's time to go. But it's not just time to go home, it's time to go out on a mission, and that's what it means. In fact, every time you have a God encounter, whether you're coming to prayer or whether you're coming to hear the Word or you're, or, or you're reading the Word or you're, you know, you're, you're worshiping God, every time you have a God encounter, at the conclusion of that God encounter is a sending on a mission. When you get up from prayer, you are getting up to be sent on a mission, getting up to be dismissed from prayer, to be dismissed from reading the Word, to be dismissed from worship, to be dismissed from church. That's what the word means, okay? To be dismissed or to be sent out. So Christmas means the day in which Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah of the Jews, the Savior of the world, the day in which Jesus was sent to earth on a mission. He was dismissed from heaven and sent to earth. His former position and his former duties in heaven were concluded for that season. And in that moment, God dismissed him to earth and sent him on a mission. That's what Christmas means. Now, I believe that life begins at conception. The Bible teaches us. Even John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. Since life begins with conception, the day 
that Mary said yes to Almighty God, the day that she said yes, she received the word of Almighty God. Suddenly, something happened to her, and Jesus was dismissed and sent into Mary's heart and life, and that began Christmas. That's Christmas Day. You all know that I believe Jesus was born in the fall, but I believe that we are in the Christmas season in that we are in the season in which he was conceived. That's what Christmas means to me. The day that Jesus was sent on a mission, Christmas, Christ Mass, his dismissal from a previous engagement, and his taking up a new mission on planet Earth. Well, uh, you know, life is not determined by how intelligent or how old or how self-sufficient a person is. Life is life. And life began when Mary said yes. Christmas began. Well, today, as I said, we'll be reading from the book of Matthew and from the book of Mark. We're going, excuse me, book of Luke. We're going to be going to the book of Luke first. Luke, the first chapter. And we're going to look at a couple of Bible characters here. Very important. One Mary and one Joseph. We're going to look at the reason why perhaps God called them and why God used them, and why they were able to do what God wanted them to do, which is not anything different than what you and I are called to do. Let's read from Luke chapter 1. I won't be reading the whole passage. We'll begin in verse 26, and then we'll read a couple of verses, and then uh, uh, we'll, we'll read a conclusion. I want you to go back in this season, if you would, and make sure that you read the whole thing so that you can make sure that you have everything that God wants to share with you. Verse 26, Luke chapter 1. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And you know the angel came in, you know the story, and he said, you know, you are highly favored, Mary, among women, and, and you are the one that God has chosen. You are the chosen one. And, and the saying troubled her. She didn't know what to think about it. And the angel told her, listen, you're going to have a child. You're going to become pregnant with the Son of Almighty God, and you are going to bring forth a child, and he shall be called Jesus. He'll be Emmanuel. He will be the promised Messiah. And Mary said, how in the world could that ever happen to me? I'm a virgin. I've never known a man. How in the world could I have a child? The angel said to her in verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. And in verse 38, Then Mary said to the angel, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I mean, he finished his business. He was finished, okay? He had been sent on a mission to tell her what was going to happen. He brought to her the word of the living God, and she said yes. She said, I don't know how. I don't know, you know, uh, you know but, but I'm going to believe in the impossible. And she said, yes, be it unto me according to your word. And with that, the angel left. You know, Mary is a saint, 
but so is everyone who gets born again. That's what the Bible calls us, saints. Mary is a saint. She was the very first person to ever receive Jesus Christ. She's the first person to ever receive the Son of God as the promised Savior of the world. She was the very first person to say, yes, I will receive Christ. I will receive the Messiah. I will receive the Son of God. She was the very first. I mean, she was asked. She was asked by a messenger from God to receive the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And she said, yes. And in that moment, something powerful happened, something amazing happen something not unlike what happened to you and happened to me whenever we received a messenger from God and God asked us to receive Christ into our life when we said yes the Holy Spirit in a moment in the twinkling of an eye the Holy Spirit sent Jesus the living word of God into a life into a heart into a world that was lost she said, yes, it happened to me. It's happened to you. God wants you to receive Christ. And what you need to do is realize that you can't figure it out. You can't make it happen. Nicodemus asked Jesus himself, how can this be? Do I need to enter into my mother's womb a second time and, and then be born? Jesus said, no, you can be born again right now by the Spirit. It's a spiritual thing as it was with Mary. She said yes and whoo, the Holy Spirit brought the Word of God into her life. And <laughs> she received. Christ. Mary was the very first evangelist of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In that she received Christ and then she gave him to the world. Wow. Man, she gave him to the whole world. Mary was sent on a mission with Christ. You see, Mary made every day Christmas. There you go. Tied into your song. How's that? Mary made every day Christmas. The greatest lesson that I've learned from Mary through the years is I've read through this numbers of times, untold numbers of times. The, the, the greatest lesson I learned is what happens in, in someone's life when they say yes, even to impossibilities that God is asking us to embrace. Hard things, difficult things, things we don't know how they're going to happen, things we don't imagine can't happen, things we have no knowledge of, things that we can't put down on paper, we can't explain. But when God moves in here, something in here wants to say yes, yes, yes. And when we say yes, like Mary did, miracles happen. Impossibilities become possible. Things that could never have, have been imagined by man come to pass. You see, miracles begin to happen in our lives when we say yes to God. The messenger brought a message. It stirred in Mary's heart. She didn't know how, but she just said yes. <laughs> Can you get the picture of what we're called to do, what Mary teaches us? 
God has a special mission for Mary, and he has one for every one of us as well. The second person we want to look at today in this particular equation is Joseph. I find it interesting, by the way, that we never hear one word from Joseph in the whole Bible. Joseph is not recorded as saying anything at all. Isn't that amazing? Now here, here Joseph is chosen by God and plays a part, plays his part, and I believe plays it perfectly. And yet we never hear him say one word. But that doesn't mean we don't learn, especially from what others, including God, says about him. Matthew, the first chapter, beginning at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid to take Mary, to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And the angel says, she's going to bring forth a child and you're going to call his name Jesus. Listen, he's going to be God with everyone. <laughs> the Bible says in verse 24, then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took to him his wife, and he did not know her till she had brought forth, forth her firstborn son. And he, Joseph, it was his decision. He called his name Jesus. Wow. You see, God chose this common construction worker, and that's all he was a common construction worker, to be the earthly representative and to play the role of a father in the life of Jesus. I've long looked at Joseph as one of the unsung heroes of the Bible. We don't hear him say a word, but yet his life speaks so much. He too, like Mary, was given a mission from God. And he, too, had to receive Jesus into his life. He had to receive Jesus into his family. He had to re re receive Jesus. You know, it interrupted his life. It changed his life forever. It took him on a journey and on a course that, 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 that was unimaginable. He had to put up with so many things. But he found himself having received Jesus into his family. He found himself having received Jesus into his heart. He found himself sent on mission after mission after mission by the hand of God to preserve, protect, defend, and to take Jesus where Jesus needed to go. Amazing, huh? He found himself in both a leadership role and a support role. He was in leadership in that he was the head of the family, but he was in support and that he was called to be a support to his wife, the mother of Jesus, and to his son, Savior of the world. Wow. Amazing. Although his words aren't recorded, his silence speaks loudly. 
from the passage we just read, let me offer you four simple things about Joseph that, that we should embrace, that we should learn, and we should use on our mission. Number one, Joseph was connected to someone who was connected to God. That was his claim to fame. It is. He would not have been the earthly representation of a heavenly father. He would not have been the man we're reading about in the Bible had not he been betrothed, had not he also, like God, saw something in Mary and asked Mary to marry him. I mean, that had to happen, you know. He had to see this young girl in town. He had to know her. He had to know the family. He had to go present himself to her as a possible husband. He had to ask her to marry him. It was a long process, and things had to happen in that process, and she had to say yes in order for them to be engaged, betrothed. He saw something in her, but he connected himself to something he was completely unaware of, chosen by God but unaware. But who you are connected to makes a difference. Just look at Noah. Noah, the Bible tells us, he had three sons. There were eight people on the ark. Noah and his wife, the three sons and their wives. How did they get on the ark? Because of who they married. Because of who they joined in this. Because of who they included in their life. Because of the kind of people they hung around with. When you hang around with God kind of people, when you hang out with people that God is using and that God is, is moving through, let me tell you something, God's going to move through you too. And when you hang around with people that the devil is using, guess what? Yeah. Glory to God. Let me tell you, who you include in your little circle will either hurt you or help you. Don't think it won't. It will, because the Bible says it will. Okay. Number two, Joseph was a humble man. Joseph, you know, I'm just not positive that there are many of us in here, especially men. I'm not sure there are many men in here that if your girlfriend showed up pregnant and you knew that it wasn't you, that some dream in the middle of the night and saying, hey, don't worry, it's the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure you'd go, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think me and Mr. Colt might go shopping. Well, better back off their head now. Okay. The real deal is that, that Joseph was a very humble man. He, he, he was going to put her away secretly. Why? Because Joseph knew that he loved Mary. He cared about Mary. He didn't appreciate what she did, and he expected what she did was not what she should have done because this is crazy and lunacy to think that that is really the Holy Spirit. And, and so what he was going to do, however, he, he was so conscious of her that he did not want to hurt her trying to, to get through his hurt. He was going to do it secretly and privately. He cared about her. Even though she had disappointed him, even though she had hurt him, he still loved her and cared about her, and he did not want his hurt to hurt her. What a good guy. No wonder she wanted to marry him. No wonder God wanted him to be an earthly representation of a father. 
a humble man. He didn't let his pride get the best of him. He humbled himself and gave his best to God. And gave his best to Mary. He didn't react. Number three, Joseph was a man that embraced the supernatural. Man, let me tell you, especially again, guys, you got to be open to God doing things you can't explain. Sometimes some things have no other explanation but the supernatural power, the plan of the, of, of the Holy Spirit. We, can't, we, we just can't guide it. We can't direct it. We can't determine it. But let me tell you, we need to be open like Joseph was to the supernatural. Sometimes you just have to say, that's God. In, in his critical moment, he embraced the word of God. Man, some things can only be explained in light of the fact that God is doing something. And we just have to back up and let God be God. A fourth thing from Joseph is he was unafraid to go against popular opinion. You know all of his friends Perhaps his family, they had different ideas because they didn't get that angelic visitation. They didn't, they didn't feel what Joseph felt. They, 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 oh. But Joseph stood up against popular opinion because of his personal conviction. Because he believed it and that was enough for him. Him and God were enough. I'm going to do what I believe God wants me to do, despite what the advice is, the counsel is, despite what the social you know, correctness is. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Actions speak louder than words, and Joseph's silence, even though we don't have a word recorded from him, his silence speaks to us that we too need to make sure that we're connected to the right people. We need to make sure that, that we're supporting and that we're leading where we should, that, that we remain humble and we embrace the supernatural and that we're unafraid to stand against popular opinion, against friends and counsel. We're, un, we're unafraid to hurt someone else's feelings whenever God has told us, go this way. You see, both Mary and Joseph were chosen to bring about the plan of God, to bring about Christmas. There would not have been a Christmas if someone had not have received Christ. There won't be a Christmas in your life if you don't receive Christ. But the moment you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, in that moment you are given a destiny in that moment you are given a mission, the moment that you say yes to him, the plan of God is for you to take him into all the world. The plan of God is for you to support others who are taking him into all the world. The plan of God is for you to be on the team that God is using to carry his message around the world. Say yes to the word. Say yes to Jesus. Say yes to the plan of God. Receive him into your life as I hope someone 
a moment ago, earlier in the service, I hope that if you were not sure you were on your way to heaven, that you simply said yes to him because I know he's dealing with your heart. I know there's something going on on here in, in, in here that's bigger than you can explain. It's supernatural. It's the plan of God. I am as an angel of the Lord, a messenger saying, receive Christ. I'm telling you that you don't know how, that you don't, you, you can't understand it, but all things are possible with God. And if you will say yes, I can dismiss you <laughs> to go on a mission. Remember, the end of the church service is the most important part. It's the part where you're sent to carry Christ to a lost and a hurting world. Are you ready for your next Christmas mission? It'll come in about 30 seconds. Your next Christmas mission is to go into all the world and tell others the wonderful Christmas story because it can be their Christmas right then. Why bother? Why bother telling others about Jesus? Because without a Savior, this world is the best place anyone will ever live without Jesus this is as good as it gets it gets worse from here let's tell others okay so let me say to you Merry Christmas and let you know you are dismissed okay God bless you I love you